0: Our scripture reading for this morning will come from the book of Romans, chapter 15, beginning with verse 1, the Apostle Paul's letter to the church at Rome, chapter 15, beginning with verse 1, and I'll be reading from the New American Standard Bible. Now, we who are strong ought to bear the weaknesses of those without strength, and not just to please ourselves. Each of us is to please his neighbor for his good, to his edification. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Now may the God who gives perseverance and encouragement grant you to be of the same mind with one another according to Christ Jesus. So that with one accord you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, accept one another, just as Christ also accepted us to the glory of God. For I say that Christ has become a servant to the circumcision on behalf of the truth of God to confirm the promises given to the fathers and for the Gentiles to glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, Therefore, I will give praise to you among the Gentiles, and I will sing to your name. Again, he says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples praise him. Again, Isaiah says, There shall come the root of Jesse and he who arises to rule over the Gentiles. In him shall the Gentiles hope. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. As Paul writes this letter to the church at Rome, we notice once again that there seemingly is at least the possibility of the taking of sides within the church, especially as he talks about the Jewish background, and the Gentile background. And his plea is clear here in this first half or so of Romans 15, that they come together. And so he phrases it in the terminology of the strong bearing with the weak. Now, if you were to have to decide which of those, and I hate to call them factions, but which of those Uh, groups within the church at Rome would be the strong ones. Would it be the Jews who have converted to Christ or the Gentiles who have come out of the world? I have a bias. I know which one I would come down on, but let me ask you this. When you read this passage, where do you see yourself? Are you one of the strong or are you one of the weak? I would encourage all of us to think of ourselves in the category of the strong so that we see ourselves as being helpers of others. Are you ready to suffer? There was a song that we used to sing, ready to suffer grief or pain. Being strong means that you must be willing to sacrifice. The word strong in the Greek is dunatos and it means to bear calamities and trials with fortitude and patience the greek word for weakness is a dunatos or not strong and it means just that without strength impotent powerless weakly disabled unable to be done or impossible Do you dream the impossible dream? Now, the reason I want to encourage all of us to see ourselves on the strength or the strong side of this is because then we have a responsibility to be helpful. I've written out on the marquee, not only the strong survive, but the strong helping the weak. Survival of the fittest, not in Christ. What are some things in life that requires sacrifice on the part of those who accept responsibility, the strong taking care of the weak? How about motherhood? (laughs) Motherhood is inextricably linked with suffering and self-sacrifice. It's a noble calling, isn't it? Many of our uh, works that we do, activities that we get involved in, employment that we have, Require us to be willing to suffer if we would be successful. Farming, ranching, animal husbandry, manual labor, the military, even higher education requires an individual to see past the current circumstances in order to gain or to have a positive influence. Within the area of public service, we have policemen and firemen and first responders. Who willingly give of themselves and put themselves at risk to serve the community. The strong bear with the failings of the weak. Now, in this particular subject matter context, Paul is saying, as Christians, we are called to sacrifice for those who are not as strong in the faith. And clearly, That requires us not to seek to please ourselves. You see, strength is not given so that we might take advantage. You think of someone who is stronger wrestling another to the ground. Strength is not given in the Lord for one to take advantage, but instead to give assistance. And in the process, to be willing to sacrifice, self-sacrifice. No pain, no gain. In the context as well, as Paul references Christ, and we'll get to that in just a moment, he says, sometimes that requires me to become the target, to stand between those who do not appreciate Jesus and my heavenly Father, willingly becoming a target, even accepting the tirades of those who are anti-Christ or those who are against religion. There's a tendency to see more and more of that in our own society today. But we're not just suffering for suffering's sake. Uh, We're not seeking pain just to have pain. I've entitled the lesson, Saintly Suffering. We're suffering for a common cause or purpose or focus. We want to not just give in to those who are weak, but to build them up. Look at verse 2 again. Each of us is to please his neighbor for his good, to his edification, which literally means to build him up. Now that will require sometimes to do those things which not even the weak person wants us to do. Correction. Uh, sometimes severe instruction is not always pleasant For the ones receiving it. But parents do that for their children. That's when they sometimes say things like, this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. But it's suffering with a purpose. To build upon what is good. Edifying your weaker brother or sister is what we are called to do. Why is that? Because that's the image of God. That's painted for us throughout the scriptures. Christ came to earth to suffer for us so that we might have hope as he concludes in verse 13. Look again at verse 5. Now may the God who gives perseverance and encouragement grant you to be of the same mind with one accord according to Christ Jesus. Do you like to be able to endure? Do you... Appreciate, encouragement. Jehovah God is the God of endurance and encouragement. If we but yield to him, follow in his footsteps, his example, encouraging those who are new to the faith or weak in the faith to do the same, then what is the outcome of this saintly suffering? The result is being united. In Christ, uh, that's obvious, with accord, I mean in accordance with Jesus Christ. Look at the last part of verse 5 again. To be of the same mind with one another according to Christ Jesus, so that with one accord you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Have you ever heard uh, family groups that sing together together? And the blend and the harmony is just on another level. And we've come to recognize that that is in part, certainly it's a family that knows how to sing, but it's due to DNA. It's hard to tell one voice from the other. Perhaps uh, partly it's their dialect or, or the accent that they have gained, all being raised in the same area, but it's a beautiful thing. Imagine that now as we strive to be of one mind, with one accord, and with one voice, praising or giving glory to our God and Father. Now look at that from the standpoint of a church that's possibly divided, as we've talked about culturally, between The Jews who have been raised under the law of Moses now coming and being converted to Christ. And the Gentiles who are coming out of the world and trying to live in such a way that they complement one another. The strong bearing with those who are weak. Here's that passage we used whenever we were in chapter 14 that talks about Christ and his servanthood. He didn't pick and choose to whom he was going to be a servant. No. Paul says here, verse 8, For I say that Christ has become a servant to the circumcision on behalf of the truth of God, to confirm the promises given to the fathers, and for the Gentiles to glorify God for his mercy. Certainly Christ came as a Jew, as we noted earlier born in Bethlehem, raised in Nazareth, often to Jerusalem, traveling up and down the land of Palestine, going to the feast, being about his father's business. And it's not until after he ascends into heaven that the Holy Spirit descends and proclaims that the gospel is for all men. What was God doing? Why was he so particular in focusing upon his own? Because he was dealing with his own household first. They had strayed away from God once again as they did throughout history. Resulting in captivities of the Assyrians and the Babylonians to the Greeks. And now to Rome. And so God was calling his own home first. And by doing that Christ was fulfilling the prophecies. The things that were written aforetime. Showing through what was predicted. And one of the passages referenced here is Isaiah chapter 69, which we'll get to in just a minute. But he was showing that he was the fulfillment of those prophecies, that he truly was the Messiah, the anointed one, and declaring that through his resurrection, all men might come to understand that he was the Son of God. So he was a servant to the circumcision, that's obvious. But in the process of bringing salvation, the availability of it to all men, Paul says, verse 9, and for the Gentiles. In other words, he was also a servant for all men, or for the Gentiles, so that they too might come to God and glorify him for his mercy by receiving forgiveness of sins, by receiving hope. Rejoice, O Gentiles. Isn't that a beautiful concept? Seeing Christ upon the cross, dying there, not just for, quote, God's people, the Jews, but for all men everywhere. God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Peter writes in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. From the root of Jesse, in other words, from the lintage of kings... What's going to happen? Verse 12. Again, Isaiah says, There shall come the root of Jesse, and he who arises to rule over the Gentiles, In him shall the Gentiles hope. In verse 3 of this particular uh, reading that we have in Romans chapter 15, this is the quote from Psalms 69. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written... The reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. Now, we studied this morning in our Sunday morning Bible class, Psalms 69. And you read that passage in context, and it starts out almost as if David is writing a psalm that comes out like one of uh, Linda Ronstadt's, Poor, poor, pitiful me. Oh, these boys won't let me be because he talks about all that he's suffering. But you get down to verse 9 in this passage. Is transferred over into the New Testament, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. This is where I said earlier, are you willing to become a target for the antichrist? David launches then into the reason he is feeling oppressed and crying out, and he says, it's because I have stood for righteousness' sake. He says, I have become their focus. Because I stand with you, God, they are now trying to destroy me. And we looked at examples of ones like Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, and the things that he suffered, because he proclaimed that which the rebellious didn't want to hear. He was suffering as a saint, wasn't he? Correction is not easy for the giver or the receiver. But if one will receive correction, it is for one's own good when the one giving the instruction or the correction is righteous. Jesus assumed that role as he came to earth. You remember the leadership of the Jews, how they responded First to John the Baptist and then to Jesus with criticism and ridicule, with questions, with trying to silence. Now Jesus was God himself, there's no doubt about it. But in fulfilling what David had said, I became a target for you, Lord. The reproaches of those who reproach you, those who don't like you, have now focused their attention on me. Could that ever happen in a society today? That Christians become the focus of Satan's persecution? We know that it can. We know that it's happening. Let the strong bear with the failings of those who are weak. That almost puts it in a different context, doesn't it? Not simply within the church, but even within society. To be willing to stand up. If I don't stand up as a believer in the gospel, as a professor, as an evangelist of that which is right, if I fail, then the message is allowed to be weakened, if not silenced for that moment. No, I must continue to proclaim the truth. We must continue to set the right example with the same mind, with one accord, With one voice proclaiming that Jesus Christ is Lord. That Jehovah God, His Father, is the God of endurance and encouragement. Else the Gentiles have no hope. We must be willing to suffer as saints so that the gospel might be proclaimed, fortified, And given to those who are lost. Only then can there truly be peace and joy. Look again at verse 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. So that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So as Paul pens this letter to the church at Rome, a church or a congregation that he has yet to visit, he knows that there is this dichotomy between the Jews who have converted to Christ and the Gentiles who have come out of the world. And his admonition is, find within your heart a willingness to do that which promotes unity, even if it requires you to suffer. Turn with me to hymn number 590. 590.
1: No so have you lifted a stone from your brother's way as he struggled along life's road? Have you lovingly touched some frail, toil worn hand, shared with some one their heavy load? Oh, the things we may do, you and I. I Oh, the love we can give if we try. Just a word or a song as we're passing along. They will count in the great by and by. Have you spoken a word full of hope and cheer? Have you walked With a slower pace. Till the weary of heart. Who were stumbling on. Took new courage to run the race. Oh the things we may do. You and I. You and I. Oh the love we can give if we try. Just a word or a song, as we're passing along, they will count in the great by and by.
0: Look again with me at verse 1 of Romans 15. Now we who are strong ought to bear the weaknesses of those without strength. And not just to please ourselves, each of us is to please his neighbor for his good to his edification.